0: House of mystery presents inside writing the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres today we are interviewing or I am david north martino and uh, he's been uh, writing a lot of interesting stuff uh, the book that we're going to talk about or we're going to talk about all of this writing cuz it's the first time but uh, the wolves of vengeance. So, thank you, David, for being here. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for having me. Um, wow. Um, so, where, where did writing? Where, yeah, let's start with you because you're the first time. So, when you started writing, um, what made you start writing? What What was it that drew you into actually sitting down and putting it on paper?
1: That's interesting. Um... I think, you know, the interesting thing is I originally wanted to be a comic book artist. And uh, <laughs> where um, my, um, my, my, uh, my grandmother wanted to, uh, when I went to see her, she wanted to instill, um, she, w- she just wanted to instill a lifelong love of reading. And what she ended up doing, <clears throat> excuse me, what she ended up doing was uh, just buying me all sorts of comics and at first I thought that um, through reading those comic books and I did graduate to reading short stories and novels but I thought I wanted to be an artist and then over a period of time I realized that um, I didn't really want to draw I wanted to tell the story and I was trying to tell the story um, through the art through artwork and I was trying to scribble it all out and um I ended up reading a – sorry for my voice. Um, I ended up reading an interview by a comic book um, creator, artist, writer by the name of uh, Jim Starlin. And he had an interview where um, he mentioned that he was thinking about uh, doing more novels, doing more short stories, uh, writing more. And I said – you know, I've never thought of that. And this is when I was, I was very young. I was like 13 or so. So that was kind of my first, when I just began to think about actually putting, you know, so to speak, pen to page.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just, uh, I wonder, because I was interested in this, because what was the point where you felt you were good enough? Do you know what I mean? Because like for yeah. myself, I, I was a late starter myself, so it took me a while. But if you actually, um, when you're writing your very first project, your first book or short story or whatever it is that you're going to put out in the world, um, what, what gave you the courage to do that? Like what made you think, oh, yeah, this is good enough, and you actually felt strong enough to actually let it go in public?
1: Um, I think what that was, was actually just a realization that writers, even writers like Stephen King, end up getting tons of rejection. So I remember asking my wife to, um, this was back when I first tried my hand at it, Um, I had settled down enough uh, that I could focus, and this was like 96, 97 and I, I, told, I asked her to get me a Writer's Digest for my birthday or, or what have you. And I said, you know, I'll make, uh, I'll make a promise to you, that I'll, because she knew I wanted to write, that I'll write a story, I'll send it out, and I'll get my first rejection. <laughs> right? and, like, and I thought, I can deal with that. I know that I'm probably going get to re- get a rejection. And I'm going to learn from that. So that's what I did. She got me the, um, the, the uh, uh, Writer's Digest, and I started to look through, a uh, Writer's Market, and I started to look through it and uh, started to uh, write some stories. And, um, you, you know, I think, you know, since you say that, I, I have to back up just to say um, I had a couple – times in in school and i didn't like school I, yeah. I especially didn't like high school right and um what what happened was uh i had teachers i had i had one teacher who i'll tell this story i was in high school uh in english class i was in uh i was in uh, what what author um Brian Keane calls bonehead English. <laughs> it, just, uh, uh, it, it, it was just, um, it wasn't great. There were, up above this English class was uh, college prep. And then you went from college prep and you had honors English. And I didn't want to do college prep and I didn't want to do honors English because I wanted to read science fiction books. I wanted to read horror books. I didn't want to have to spend my summer reading everything that they were going to um, uh, require me to read. So I was kind of hiding out. And then one Halloween, my teacher ended up saying, you know, I want everybody to write a short story uh, for Halloween. And I said, I'm going to have to do this (laughs) because I I really wanted to write. So I sat down. and I wrote a short story. It, even though I was reading a lot of fiction at the time, um, it still was very much uh, a ripoff of like John Carpenter's Halloween. <laughs> and it was a slasher. And uh, it was a different time. Today, you'd get suspended uh, for, uh, or, or expelled for writing a story like this. But I wrote it. I asked my mother to edit it. I went back down. We had a Congo one, uh, 64 128. It was a family computer. I typed it up. I submitted it. And I'm like, I think she was surprised. that I just like turned in homework. So a few days went by. And uh, she read the stories. And she came in and she rolled up my, uh, my story. She rolled it up. She walked over to me and smacked me in the head with it and said, what are you doing? And I said, well, what do you mean what am I doing? I you know, you said that you wanted me to write a short story. I wrote a short story. She said, You have talent. And you are not living up to your potential. You know, you should be in honors English. You should be teaching this class. And I was like, Oh yeah, whatever. But that was, I think, one of the first times that I realized that maybe I had um a little bit of talent, and that, you know, as a you know, diamond in a rough as as it always is that I needed to, uh, you know, kind of polish that up and, and get better at it. So when I decided to submit, I kind of knew that I might have, you know, a little bit of talent and that I might be able to, you know, get to that point where I could, could expand it. Well, it's, uh, you
0: know, but that's, uh, you know, school. I mean, what was that, in the 80s or something? Yeah, was Yeah, you know, um, yeah. For me, I was growing up in the sixties, and and um, okay, yep. uh, I was writing with my left hand, and the teacher would smack ah. me with the ruler because that was yes. bit, that was just so wrong. It was against and the rules. The other thing was I'm colorblind, and I'm also autistic, so I spoke yep. not, and I <laughs> and I couldn't tell colors, <laughs> so they thought I was kind of a a bad kid. Yeah, you know, because I didn't. I, didn't, I wouldn't answer them, and I didn't. So because back then they didn't really understand that sort of thing. Um, so there, there's always that challenge when you're younger, especially in a school, because yeah. the schools are standard, right? They, they're looking for rules and, and that and all that stuff. But do you feel comfortable with grammar? Do you feel comfortable with prose, with, with actually the, the words? Or is the story more important to you, and is that what you center on?
1: Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, I'm basically a, a pantser or, you know, an organic writer. And I think I realized that I could kind of hear in my head the voices, right? <laughs> oh. Hear in my head, <laughs> transcribe the voices in your head. <laughs> Keep away from the capital then. <laughs> exactly. <Their> voices. <laughs> but the, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I could hear kind of like the rhythm of language. And um, so I I was never – I've never been that much of a plotter or that much of somebody who sits down and does an outline. Um, I kind of have an idea of where I'm going with the story, whether it's a short story or a novel. With a novel, I kind of have kind of an idea eventually of what the plot might be. But I just kind of start um, with – sometimes I have – a lot of the idea in my head sometimes i don't, and I kind of follow it and then you know it's it's very labor intensive because then afterwards you have to cut tons of stuff out. but I find that if I write an outline that i'm not like with the character, and I end up writing stuff that the character isn't going to do, but the character the character isn't going to do the character isn't going to um yeah, you just he, the character refuses <laughs> to do this stuff, or I realize the character wouldn't do this. And uh, if, if I'm writing, and I'm right with that character, and I follow that character to the end. Uh, it, it usually that character is is more congruent, and, and I kind of find kind of find the story. I don't know if that answered your question.
0: But yeah, it sort of gives me an idea because. The thing is, for me, I've always written uh, true stories, nonfiction. And so yeah. I don't have that, um, I don't know, luxury, I guess you want to call it. But I don't have that. I, I can't really play around with what is and who these people are. I can only find out about them and then lay it out there. So it's different. Exactly. So I'm interested in someone that, like you. And So when I talk to a lot of people that write fiction, whether it's crime yeah. fiction, horror, sci-fi, all this sort of stuff. So I always say... Um, so it's about your character or characters, but how do you develop them and where do they come from? And this is a, it's a full question because, um, yeah. I mean, I've had people on that have said that, that their characters are like their kids, like their family. They, they're, yeah. they're people they they're real to them. Um, so to speak. And, and they have, they use them and they develop them and the okay. whole thing. It's really important. Some other people are not so much that way. They're, um, So it sounds to me like how you're explaining how you write, you're not the outline and structure and all this, and then this, so this person does this and this, and they have to go through this. You're the character and you're writing from that point of view. Correct. So, so where does that, you know, so your character, first of all, where does that come from? Is that from, uh, you know, people you know, your family, or is it someone you've seen at a coffee shop or uh, in in a supermarket or, like, so how, how does a character come to you?
1: Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, I, I it's, 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 interesting. Sometimes the character will come fully formed just in my head and I don't know where they came from. Other times, um, I might be, uh, I, I might use a, a composite, a, a portion of a character. Like in, like in Wolves of Vengeance, um, One of my main characters is Jack Amon, and Jack is based in part on a guy actually from high school who I didn't get along with. We almost ended up in a couple fistfights. (laughs) We didn't like each other, but um, he ended up a few years out of high school, he ended up dying of a drug overdose, and it put things in perspective a little bit. For me, And I was like, wow, you know, you know, what was so bad in his life that had caused this? And I kind of wanted to write a story about a, a guy. And it, it, again, it's not him, but uh, who, you, you know, was probably the, the character did criminal activity. I don't know if he did, but the character did criminal activity, abused drugs, abused alcohol, uh, was a bully. And I wanted to write a story where he was able to turn his life around. Uh, and so at the beginning of his part of the story, he has turned his life around. But then he finds out that a kid that he bullied, he didn't, you know, he, he kind of remembers this. There's like these wild animal attacks on his friends, like just his friends. Uh, from, from the old days at his, at his um, uh, ho- old hometown. And he ends up realizing that, that uh, maybe, this, maybe this kid who was into the occult, who cursed him, maybe um, this curse is coming for him. And he doesn't, you know, of course, doesn't totally believe that exactly, but he returns to try to find out what's going on. And to try to reconcile his past, so with with his character, his character is kind of um, uh, based partially on this other character uh, this this person who lived, who, who was alive, who I knew, um, probably partially on some parts of my own personality. Uh, I, I will sometimes even. If I'm having trouble hearing the character's voice, it didn't so much happen with him, but um, I'll I'll think about a a celebrity who has an interesting voice, and I'll use their voice in my head. So, um, yeah. So I, I I pull. I usually do a composite. And I just pull from from different things from my old. You know, I might take a part of myself. Um, Let's say the the part when, you know, I, I decided to go back to school. Uh, that was a different, uh, a different side of my personality, uh, as opposed to the side of my personality that was rebellious. So I could take that rebellious side and kind of turn it into a character because characters aren't fully fledged people. They're an illusion because characters have to be very congruent and. People aren't always, and they have to be simplified. So you can take a character that's like yourself, uh, a, a portion of yourself from a, portion, a certain time in your life, and, um, and then, you know, mix it with people that you know or people that, um, people that you've met. Um, I had a short story published um, where I used partially this one guy, that I, I I worked for, um, who was a um, he was a boot camp instructor, <laughs> and he had a a very um, very uh, strong personality, and he would he would always come up to me, North Martino <laughs> and and uh, so I used him for for a for a character who was running a security department. And uh, so, so I, I I pull I pull from people I know, but I I try very try, try not to use too much of that uh, yeah. of one person, so that people don't know it's that person. But the part that you're pulling, like when
0: you say, okay, so I pull a certain thing that uh, out of this character, like there's something that you've come across about a person you might have known or known, and or and you take that part, and you're going to use it in in the one you're writing about, what, what, what parts are you taking? Are you taking parts that you don't like about that person? Or are you taking parts that you maybe do like? And, and when you say taking parts of yourself again, are you, are you taking things that you'd like to change
1: about yourself? You think? Oh, it's interesting. It's, it's very possible. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's both. I think sometimes you take something from about somebody that you like or, that's, that you find in Daring, like uh, the guy who had been a boot camp instructor, and he was very harsh, but in, you know, a tough love sort of way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, and I, and I haven't thought about that part, uh, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of writers I know, you know, end up writing about parts themselves that they didn't like or maybe their, their own addictions, and they didn't know they were doing it.
0: Right, that's interesting. I, I see because I, I I've had I I, I want okay I've had conflict with some other radio people, and <laughs> and when I looked at it, I kind of thought you know um, I and there are people that I really like their work, but I and so I think what it was was I'm I was picking out parts of myself that I see in them that I that I didn't like interesting it's really interesting because then because now I've become friends with some and and I realized (laughs) I I think one of them when when we were kind of snapping at each other I think we both realized that you know a lot of it is uh, we had a lot of each other in each other and um, it's sort of um, it's a unique thing because sometimes if I guess if you're writing it down in a way you're sort of changing that part
1: yeah, you are. It's, it's kind of like a transformation of, like, the shadow. You know, your own shadow of, of the, you know, young talks yeah. about, you know, the dark side of yourself, the side that you don't like and that you don't acknowledge.
0: Right. And, and see, and nobody can see the shadow except for the people that are bad. Oh, interesting. Right. You see, uh, the evil in that, in that person is how they hear the shadow. Okay. You see, so there's, there's, there, that's that, just a concept. That's all. So I just, I yeah, always project it. Yeah, and I always try to say, well, you know, if you're putting parts of yourself into this, I wonder if how much is it that you know you like or dislike, or you'd like to change, or you you like about yourself that you'd like mm. to put out there. That's all. I just think deeper huh. of things like that because that's I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because my character, they just go out and kill 20 people. I can yeah. tell you what, the, what is that character is and does and what people, you know, but I can't really, you know, I don't have that type of relationship that people that write fiction do with their characters.
1: That is very interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, I think too much. I can. <laughs> we
1: me, all.
0: Gets me in trouble. Ears start bleeding. <laughs> Sometimes I say the wrong thing, but, um, <laughs> Well, I just like exploring these things because yeah,
1: it's, it's all part of the fun.
0: Yeah, and it also, it, I think what it does is it, it helps you um, move on in your writing. You know, because yeah. I, I find each one I write is usually better than the one before. And it's because mm-hmm. I've been through what I've been through to get there. Do you know what I mean? And and yes. then you think about your, your, your feedback and that. Does feedback mean anything to you? Like, the, are you still at the point where, okay, you put out this book, like, let's say Wolf of Vengeance, and then someone comes along and goes, well, you know, I'm not talking about the troll that just does one star and this guy can't write and all yeah. this right But just someone that goes, you're two and a half or three stars, go, well, yeah, it was okay, I didn't mind it, and yeah, it was okay. And stuff like that. Does that affect you?
1: Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting because it doesn't affect me that that much. And maybe that's how I've been able to deal with lots of rejection (laughs) over the years, because, um, I, you know, I, I especially like when I get feedback from editors and even if it's harsh, if I can learn something from it, um, you know, you really can't, I mean, I, you know, you kind of, you feel a little like, Oh, that's, you know, unfortunate that somebody didn't like it, but, um, you know, it's, I find it interesting because writing is so subjective. And I, I wrote a story uh, that I was trying to make it, make it appear. Uh, what I was trying to do, I was trying to put the reader on like a train, like a freight train on, on the tracks and where they could see the tracks, um, like, like a bridge. They could see the bridge was out down the line. And, but there was nothing they could do about it. And um, I had, so, so to do that, I didn't really have any twists in the story. And the story was sold. And, you know, I did get criticism from that from, from uh, one reader and thought that it was very well, the story was very well put together. But uh, there was no twist. They knew what was going to happen. And uh, you know, and that's that's how they, you know, it, it's kind of how they how they perceive that story, and they really wanted a twist. Um, the twist that I came up with originally, uh, just, I, I didn't think it had enough power. And my wife usually edits my work, and she didn't think it had enough power, so I stayed with, um, I, I stayed with the original version, and the editor purchased it. And, you know, at the end of the day, the person, the editor who has determined that your story is good enough to be published and gives you money for it, that they're the one that, uh, you know, that matters to me more. But I do, you know, I'm very, and it's not that I don't, you know, people read my work. I'd love to hear what they have to say about it. And I'm very open to, to that type of criticism.
0: So oh, you uh, shouldn't
1: be. <laughs> <laughs> I got two more
0: bad reviews. So no, to hell with them. Hell with them. <laughs> get...
1: Exactly. Exactly. You're right. You're yeah. right. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take on. Uh, <laughs>
0: I'm gonna hunt them, <laughs> them down. Hunt them
1: got to go down and get them.
0: And, uh, well, you know, sometimes it, it gets to me. Um, yeah, well, but, you're human. Well, the thing We're is, all human. well, uh, the thing is, I'm not so much. About my writing, because I, I do know that I have my limitations, and that I've gotten better through the time. Everything moves yeah. on, but um, so I, you know, I don't care if someone says, "Well, you know, there's just not enough, uh, you know, words for them." I guess that's fine. But uh, but I'm I'm kind of writing a report. I'm kind of writing a happening and i try to put stuff into it but yeah. um you know you can't you can't take it too personal i guess no. and it, it, there's also there's people that do want to uh lash out like they're they, they might yes. be having a really bad day or they might be having a really bad something and yes. uh do, do you <laughs> like to kill people that you don't like <laughs> no, I said, actually, was, jd yeah, yeah. jd <laughs> horn right he's he's a best-selling writer and when we talked to him back in the spring he was like you know some lady um pushed him <laughs> in a line called him a name or something and he was just like oh okay and then he took her and he killed her in his book he added her she's <laughs> <some> an <laughs> accessory character but he made sure she had a really bad death um and so I was just wondering if uh, I always ask that question, because that fascinated me that people do that. And I'm thinking, well, I'm never going out to the coffee shop anymore. because. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, you know, it's funny that you say that, and I, I just remembered this. I have a, a novel that I'm almost done with. And it was it was funny, because, like, the third act of the book, um, I wasn't exactly sure what was going. And I ended up having these neighbors move in, because I had... They're no longer there, but we had neighbors move in. We live in a, a townhouse con. I was going to say, did you kill them? Like, what? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I killed the neighbor. I created characters based on the two neighbors. And they were very loud, and they just, they just had a lot of loud, wild parties. And I, I feel like maybe they were there for a reason, so that I could put them in the book. But I did. <laughs> I mean, every one of them, I mean, I didn't know exactly, like, I only knew the two neighbors, I really didn't know their friends. So their friends were just kind of, uh, you know, just totally made up. And yeah. And I, 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 had them all killed (laughs) in a bad way, in a really bad, yes, in a really bad, in a really bad way in this, in the supernatural novel. And
0: well, I guess that sort of, you know, that Kind of yeah it it kind of helps you get through things I mean yeah. but that that brings me up you know <laughs> before, before I get into the other stuff, I was thinking, you know, um, okay, um, this last year in america and and around the world, uh, but in America specifically, because I- America has not really been living up to what they usually do, so uh, in a lot of different ways. But when, when you've got all this stress going on, you've got, like, the yeah. um, pandemic, you've got the yeah. nutball president, you've got the... Um, um, sorry if you like Trump, but <laughs> right. but if you've got, if you, sure. but, and if you've got like, um, you know, the, the Black Lives Matters and the, and the yeah. uh, riots, right, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a
1: stressful It's been years. a crazy year.
0: So when you've got that going on, I ask this of a lot of writers what what happens to you in in the writing part like do you do you let that i mean i know you're not writing about pandemics and stuff like this but do you let the stress and the unknown that's around you that affects you like you can't turn on the tv without hearing it you can't go on social media yeah. but but so when that's going on on a daily basis does this seep into your writing do you think
1: hmm that's interesting
0: yeah because um, some i've had some people that say yes and some people say it gets really dark and it's got darker than normal and they feel that way. Mm. Then you've got people that say, no, I totally live in a fantasy. And so when I go into the writing, it's just all gone. And then you've got a few people like myself that you just kind of almost shut down. You're, you you know, for a day or two, you just can't write, right? So it's – everyone's different. I was just wondering with someone like you.
1: Yeah, um, that's – I. you know, it's interesting. I think uh, – I have two answers to that question. The first, the first answer is that I ended up writing uh, a, dy- a dystopia, <laughs> a dystopic uh, <laughs> science fiction story, and uh, that that I that I wrote specifically to send to writers of the future, because I've got some honorable mentions from them, and I wanted to, uh, you know, of course, see if if I could win the contest eventually. So I wrote some, but it was it was it was dark. Yeah yeah it was dark um and it it was yeah. <laughs> yeah and i i guess I guess too, I have been doing a lot more editing because it doesn't take as much focus you know i've I've talked to uh, some writers and stuff and they''re like I'm having a hard time reading I mean I see this on on social media, I'm having a hard time reading uh with with all the craziness going on and, uh, but I, I found that I, I didn't have to focus as much, uh, to do certain parts of the editing. Right. Uh, whereas when I'm inside of a story, I really have to kind of get immersed. Uh, so yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I did that. And I also wrote a story. Uh, I wrote a story for weird tales. They were going to have a, they're, they're going to have a contest, but uh, I think uh, because of COVID and stuff, they ended up uh, dropping it. And it was a very it, it was like a, it was a very dark serial killer story. So yeah, I think I think now that you say that, and I'm aware of it, I I think my writing has gotten darker.
0: Yeah, I don't see how it could. Right. Have. You yeah. know, some of the people that tell me they don't, I sort of think well. I guess it depends on your relationship with what the stress is and what the problems are I mean because if you 're in a in, in a household and someone important dies or something goes on, it has to affect your mood um, yeah whether you're, it makes you sad or happy i don 't know <laughs> it depends on this as the neighbors maybe you 're happy yeah. but uh, it 's all channeled in yeah i i just don 't see how it could not come out in the way you talk the way you think, and the way you write but um, I'm. I only ask questions, but because um, yeah. it certainly affects me, I know. Yeah. It, I, I. I don't know, but. Um, but
1: you know, hey, that's yeah. me. Well, you know, now that you say it, it's. You know, it, it's sometimes until a light is shined on it, you go, wait a minute, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're not as. <laughs> My desire. stuff is darker.
1: You're right. Yeah. Oh, I've been killing everyone in this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They've all got the. Uh, they all got a disease. You know. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> Well, Well, you know, you have to wonder because, you see, the thing is when I look at the world right now and I look at things, uh, again, I'm writing in nonfiction because I've done cult books and I've done things in conspiracy (laughs) and I kind of look at things and I see that these always take a huge spike when there's a lot of, um, what do you say, there's a lot of um insecurity there's a yes. lot of people that are feeling scared a lot of people yes. are feeling unsure and when we feel that way we 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 head toward uh either a religion or a conspiracy or a um mm-hmm. cult it could be or whatever it is we do look for something for comfort right I mean, we have a lot yeah. more people looking and, and structure yeah and that that's kind of you know and so i i just wonder uh, with all of this going on, usually uh it would come out in what we do right? it's just um anyway, that's deep thoughts yeah. deep thoughts <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's, it's very interesting well, it is because I think I, but I think it's good I think it's good to evaluate yourself in that way um, absolutely because you come out of it with a better range, I think when you do that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, but, but you know, I'm just a dumb blonde. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> but I had hair that was wow. Yeah. So um, yeah. when yeah, and editing itself, it's uh, I find that it's mechanical.
1: Yes, more so for me. Tedious. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. God, someone gives you like a eighty thousand word manuscript. Oh my god. But yeah. I don't. I don't. I do not do that. I have good editors involved. Oh, that's great. And that makes a huge difference, but I understand what they go through. And, and the editors are the, the toughest. The ones that kind of give you the most grief are usually the best because, in a way, they're just making your book better. Absolutely. You know, even though they're a pain. <laughs> 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 and I'm going to kill them in the next book.
1: <laughs> they, they try to bring out the best in you, especially, you know, sometimes a, a chapter – or a, a, a certain portion of the book may flag a little bit and they try to bring that up, uh, to, to the level of the rest of the book.
0: What made you choose to go into the dark, uh, darker elements like these sort of, and, and paranormal. <laughs> so when you mentioned that paranormal fantasy, so supernatural sort of stuff, um, do you, does that come from experience with paranormal yourself or is that just <laughs> out of the blue?
1: A little, uh, a little, you know, you know. Of course, you know. We're talking about the '80s, and the '80s were horror, right? Horror was king, yeah. and it was literally Stephen King. And oh, you might like like the story. Um, here's something that happened that was weird, to, and I, I don't know. Yeah. Take it as you will. But so, I uh, this was, I think, 80, 1984. And I was probably like 13. And uh, a friend of the family, she came over, and she had a couple of paperback books with her. And she walked up to me, like, in a very ro- robotic manner. And she held these two books up, out to me. And she said, here, I think you will like these. And I, and I said, you know, I, I asked, I will? And she said, Yes. And then she handed me, I I took the books, and she walked away, and it was like kind of like nothing uh, had happened. So I I ended up reading the books, and one of them, uh, there was a, a British writer by the name of Martin Thomas, and he wrote The Hand of Cain, which was like an occult horror novel. And he also, he was, he at least wrote one book under the house name Peter Saxon for, the Guardians, it was, it was a book called The Curse of Rathwa, And these were 60s books, uh, late 60s. And they were, oh, they, I think they were reissues uh, that you could buy on the stand. Right. And the, um, the, the Hand of Cain was very cheesy, uh, especially even by 1980 standards. It was really cheesy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I really liked it. It was really interesting. And the other book, the Wrath Rathlaw, was like reading a hard-hour movie. It was it was really out there. My, you know, my parents always let me to read whatever I wanted. It was no big deal. But it was really strange because I finished the books. I ended up seeing her, and I said, "Thanks for you know giving me these these books. I, I really enjoyed them." And she said, "Oh, that's where those books went." <laughs> Yeah. I, I gave them to them. you, <laughs> yeah. and and also you know it's like you hear the Twilight Zone yeah. music in your head, and I don't know if she was messing with me, or if that was Providence saying you know go, <laughs> going No,
0: she's a heroin oh. addict. A <laughs> yeah, that's
1: right. yeah, exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly. No, I mean there's I'm open to all possibilities, but I yeah, mean she was too. probably stoned.
1: Probably
0: didn't even know who she was. (laughs) She (laughs) thought she was giving the books to Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it makes a
1: good story.
0: Well, yeah. No, I I mean, you know, weird things happen. You know, but that's sort of that's
1: the thing. So yeah, I mean, I've uh, of course, uh, you know, the nineteen eighties were filled with, um, uh, uh, what was it? uh, Oh, I'm, I'm losing it. Um. What what uh, was really big in the eighties?
0: Uh, uh, oh, I can't think of it.
1: Slashers. Well, the slashes were, but kind of a different type of uh, the occult, palmistry and crystals and yeah, all of this stuff. Uh, and back then, I was reading. I was reading books on ESP. And, you know, like I said, palmistry and. Uh, crystal healing and Hans Holzer and ghosts and <laughs> and all that stuff. And I, I was just eating all that stuff up. And yeah. I was, you know, and before that, I had read, you know, I was basically reading, you know, science fiction and fantasy. And um, uh, so, yeah, to, you know, I've had a little bit of, you know, strange things. Um, I, I don't know if I should tell the story, but I was, I, I was in. Um, in, like, 1991, I, my friend and I had gone into a local occult shop, and they were really big at the time. And we went in, and uh, this is, of course, before I met my wife, and we were kind of, my friend and I were kind of um, uh, flirting a little bit with the, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Bruising <laughs> the girl behind yeah, the desk. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were, kind of, we were kind of flirting with her and stuff, and her husband walked in. Uh He turned out to be a ceremonial magician, and it was just a weird thing because when he walked into the room, all I felt was heat. (laughs) It was really strange, and I didn't say anything. When when my friend and I walked out, I I asked him, I said, "Um, did you feel anything in there? He's like, yeah, it was like a blast furnace. And I'm like, hmm. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what that was. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm certainly open to possibilities, but, you know, there's ways to explain everything away and stuff. But, it, you know, these are fun stories, right? <laughs> yeah. do,
0: you, do you think, you know, it's interesting, too, because when we talk for, um, yeah. you know, the classics, um, things like Dracula, Frankenstein, real old, yeah. and, and things that they were doing in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. compared to what they're doing now, um, yeah. what, what's your preference?
1: Oh, interesting. Y- you know, hmm. That's, it's difficult because, you know, those movies are the foundation for what's being done today Uh, and what was being done, you know, within the 80s. And, you know, I I tend to like more modern retellings and more modern horror than I do uh, the old 50s and 60s. My wife loves the old fifties and sixties movies, and I, I, do too. You know, we like to watch, you know, uh, *Preacher from the Black Lagoon*, right, and the uh, uh, *Dracula*, Bela Lugosi, and you know, what's uh, *Sven Gulley*? Yeah, *Sven Every Saturday
0: night, I watch yeah.
1: It's it's fun. It, it, it's fun. You know, and it's interesting that people back then, uh, those movies were scary. They could right. be scary. And I think you know, as we get more sophisticated, we get more jaded. Yeah, there, there needs to be a greater level of horror. Um, like I, I just watched not not long ago. You know, uh, well, it was 2018, but like the um, Halloween 2018. <laughs> I I love that movie. <laughs> I know yeah. not everybody liked it, but I I thought that was just just a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, but what you know, I I just wonder because I see a lot of. A lot of modern day versions tend to be a lot more uh, graphic and they're a lot better at their effects, of course. So it's it's much more realistic and it's, you know, because in the 60s they didn't have that. That's right. And, And so when you watch the older ones you have to rely more on the characters and the words and, and just exactly. the whole scening. And so it's, it's, it was harder. I think if you either get into it or you don't, but nowadays there's so much flash going across the screen that that's true. Um, it's hard not to watch, but they don't
1: have as much dialogue. That's true. And I think sometimes they don't have as much. Uh, I think one of the problems, like one thing that I've noticed in some movies is there's no internal conflict. You have these characters, and they're kind of milling about, and nobody is the, uh, nobody's trying to be the foil. They kind of all get along, and they're kind of following the plot, and there's something that they have to defeat, but they don't have to struggle within themselves and within the group. And I find when that happens, it's kind of boring. Yeah, and I've noticed that with with, with some more recent movies, is that there's there's no real struggle with um, with characters who who are saying, "Well, no, I don't want to do that. We need to go and do this." And you know, and having a character who might say, "Well, you know, I, I'm out for myself." Yeah, you know, I've noticed that some movies have, have lost that.
0: Well, I think, uh, you know, if you, don't, if you don't have that, then you're not going to get to know your characters. No. They're only, they're only, they're hollow. They're just there. Exactly. And, and it won't matter yeah. as much when you cut their head off.
1: Exactly. You want to feel for those characters.
0: Yeah, or you want to laugh at them and you want to yeah. feel good. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. 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 You, you want to, 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 you know, just with, with a villain, a good villain, when the villain dies, you cheer. And it's the same thing when an annoying character in a horror movie gets offed, you know, it, it, it's part of that precarious pleasure of, yeah. of, of, of a horror film.
0: <laughs> well, and, it, but I think there's also a lot of pressure. Like if you're on, you know, with Netflix and with all the streaming now, oh, everyone's yeah. trying to fill their time and the schedule. And so there's a lot of generic characters being used over and over again. And, yes. and that might be a problem, but if you're if you're under the pressure to do a lot of writing, you're to you, you know you kind of have to maybe. Um, but the other thing I I found of some of the modern days is driving me nuts, and this is probably just because I'm older. Um, but th- they write into an old show, or like a show that something that's happened in you know 1898 or yeah. 1910, and then they're doing things like sorry for your loss as they're Lines and things that they would never say back then. Mm, yes, you know, thank you for your service. It's like they didn't say that to you yeah. in 1910. Come on, yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't fit. Like the characters are speaking 2020, not 1910. Yes, and I've I noticed that. that. Uh, but, but I, noticed I think that that's in, age. I think that's age.
1: I noticed that in in the original Wonder Woman movie. You yeah. had you had Steve Trevor, and it was. A, it was a fun movie, but yeah. you had Steve Trevor talking basically about divorce <laughs> and making it seem like people. And it's like people didn't get divorced in, in the and you had to get permission
0: that the other yeah. spouse had to give you a divorce. So yeah, oh, I know it drives me nuts. Well, the second one, have you seen the new one? Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, and you know what? You know what drives me nuts? I mean, people pick up <laughs> all sorts of stuff, but you know what I pick out? Mm-hmm. Okay. how come Wonder? Okay, so Wonder Woman has an accent. But when she's back on Amazon, none of them have that accent. And then when they go back to her childhood, when she's a kid, she doesn't have that accent. accent. How did she get that? See, things like that bother me. And a lot of people go, oh, that's silly. Don't worry. But no, it's not, because what happens is I get focused on that, and then that's all I think about, and then it ruins it. You know, that's just me, I guess. But but it was a bad one anyway, so it doesn't matter. It was a mess. Yeah.
1: And I... I don't know what they were thinking. I don't. I don't know why. I, I feel like, with some judici- judicious editing, they could. They could. They, they can't make it a good movie, yeah. but they could fix it. I think two and a half hours was way too much for, yeah. for that for that film. It felt like. It felt like five hours.
0: Yeah, you might as well have a mini series. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but the, I think I think with that stuff too. I think they're under the gun and they try to rush it and get it out. And they're under pressure and nobody checks. I mean, that was the same as the, uh, you know, with uh, the, that dragon thing um, on the um, HBO, um, whatever, uh, the crowns, you know, remember? It? Oh, oh, uh, oh, you're talking about uh,
1: Game of Thrones? Yeah.
0: I okay. mean, look at that last season. It was like a, it, they, they, they tried to get, wrap it all up in a quick place and a quick ending and you know you got starbucks coffee cups you got bottles of water on the set (laughs) you you know what i mean because everyone's so pushed to do everything so fast and you can't have a real intricate well done series for so many years and all of a sudden let's just do it all and they wrap it all up and it's like you know
1: yeah and it's usually that's you know on the studio
0: yeah, of course. It's a combination because, of stuff and it's just Yeah. And, but it kinda it kinda ruins it. It's it's okay. You kinda go, Well, yeah, it's okay, but it wasn't great. And uh, I mean it and plus the rest of the show. Yeah, and plus you know, I mean God, I couldn't even see the dragons at the end. All I saw was a lot of smoke. So <laughs> it, was, it was really dark. So <laughs> yeah, I heard
1: about that. Yeah. But you, you really had to watch it on like a four K Blu ray disc. Oh, and even to, then. To, to to see it. It felt like I was walking
0: down a really dark road with no lights. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't comfortable, so um, I don't know. But, you know, But again, I, there might be the pressure, so, um, you know, who knows.
1: Yeah, and that's probably yeah, the pressure to, to get it done, wrap it up.
0: So here, here's, here's the hard question I always ask. <laughs> okay. So when you write the book, so Wolves of Vengeance, for instance, so you okay. write it, finish it, put it out there and stuff. Um, someone like me goes out, oh, this looks interesting, I buy it. Okay. I take it home. I read it. Besides the story itself, is there something you want me to take away from that book? Is there something you want me to take away from reading that, to get uh, that's underlying in the story? Do you have have some sort of a theme under there?
1: I usually do, and usually those themes um, come out maybe subconsciously. At first, and then as I notice them, I kind of try to try to build them up and make them more a little bit more prominent. You know, I don't like to you know, to ham hand it and to hand fist it and uh, uh, you know beat somebody over the head with a, with a theme or a moral or something like that. But yeah, it's it's interesting Um with wolves. I think yeah uh, it, it's it's kind of i don't know I, I i guess with that story it's this idea of um uh, uh, the feeling of a new beginning the feeling of uh, uh moving past uh moving past your past really uh, uh, getting uh, I, I guess getting to that point where you're able to put your past into perspective, put the bad parts into the rearview mirror and kind of drive forward into a new day and uh, uh, kind of a new beginning type thing. And I, I feel that when, when you read you're so close to the character when you're reading as opposed to film that when the character has a transformation you also have that transformation as well, if you're open to it. And so it's kind of like allowing people to, you know, get rid of, you know, maybe that shadow, the stuff, the baggage, and and to move forward. Yeah.
0: Kill their name. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So they can move forward.
0: Get out of town before it's too late. Now, Website. Do you have a website, or do you have a place that you want people to come and stalk you and yes. do things for you? I,
1: I, yes, exactly. I, <laughs> I, I always enjoy a good stalking. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, uh, that would be uh, dnorthmartino with no hyphen uh, dot com. Usually you have to do, like, HTTP slash backslash backslash. Yeah. On. I and that's so my much. blog. Yeah. And that's a good way to, to kind of find – what I'm doing, and uh, I, I try to update it. I, I've I've fallen out of updating it because of the pandemic, and I yeah. I just fell out of it.
0: But yeah, so yeah. so do you do you have like swear words and dirty pictures on there and stuff. Yes, oh, <laughs> a full I
1: a full list, and you know you can just uh oh, through it. all the stuff. And...
0: Yeah, it's going to be on my favorites now.
1: <laughs> well, well, I appreciate that. that. Yeah, no.
0: Um. So what we do is we will put your uh book your uh blog as well we'll do all that up there so it connects oh, awesome. to our website so people listening can do one click and they can uh find you and and by That's all crazy. means please he he's looking for now David would like as many one star bad reviews as yes people. exactly go all out <laughs> say the worst things you can say get banned go for it <laughs> you
1: know um, i I welcome it Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Then
0: you have more people to kill in the next movie.
1: Exactly. You will die in my next novel.
0: That's right, and it's not going to be pretty. Um, Well, great. Um, Now, your your last book out is called Wolves of Vengeance, and our guest is David North Martino. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Al. I really
1: appreciate it.